Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Happy Friday, everybody. We are uh, making our way towards the weekend, and uh, we have done our our defensive rookie review. Uh, and we thought today would be a good day to kind of take a look at the defense overall and see exactly what the state of this is and how much how much repair we have actually done and, and how much work the Cowboys still have left to do. Yeah, so we're going to continue to do our draft review starting back on Monday. We're going to touch on Josh Ball, the other offensive lineman that the Cowboys drafted later. We're going to look into some of the UDFAs. Uh, I actually have a couple guys I really, really like, so make sure you guys are tuning in next week for that. Today, Landon, we are looking at the Cowboys defense, how all these pieces fit. And if you are watching this on the YouTube side of things, or if you're watching this on WFAA, we've got a nice little graphic for you here. You can see Ooh. how the Cowboys uh, uh, stuff is laid out so far, their defensive depth chart. Again, this is certainly not official by any oh, means no. at all. This is no. landed from his uh, Microsoft Excel at his house, putting together uh, <laughs> a nice little depth chart. But we're going to talk about the Cowboys defense. Uh, and I think the first thing we have to discuss is 3-4 versus 4-3 because oh, yes. Landon, everybody is panicking on Twitter because Dan Quinn mentioned they're going to be in four, some 3-4 looks. What does that actually mean? Well, you know, I think it's just a kind of a, a just a general misconception. I mean, you know, 3-4's defense indicates three down linemen with four, you know, standing linebackers, uh, you know, four, three, obviously indicates the opposite four down linemen, three standing linebackers. Uh, and, and really it's, it's kind of it, the, what we think of as three, four versus four, three is actually more of a two gap system versus one gap system, right? So the four threes that we are used to as you know, coming from a Marinelli background, right. Is a one gap scheme, meaning, each player is responsible for one gap. They get into that gap and try to get through and get upfield and and disrupt, right? And the only thing that they're responsible for is just getting through that specific gap w- along the offensive line, whether it's between the, you know, the, the three technique is between the, the, the guard and the tackle. He, he lines up on the outside shoulder of the guard and he attacks that gap. And that's, that's his responsibility. It's, it's point and go it's, it's attack. It's going forward. Two gapping is more of what we, traditionally think of as three force right where it's a uh, big strong defensive end like five techniques 280 to 295 pounds who have long arms who can go toe-to-toe with offensive tackles who can uh, take them on and you know separate peek around the body see what's going going on discard the blocker make the tackle that they call that two gapping because when you attack the player and you are looking on either side that means you have both gaps right you are responsible for either gap on the side of the player that you're going at so the reason that (laughs) cowboy nation is all messed up on this is because we had a guy in here who kind of mixed and matched that a little bit in uh, Wade Phillips, right? Wade Phillips ran a three, four, a true three, four 
with three down linemen mm-hmm. and four standing linebackers, but it was a one gap system. And, and, and I think that's, points to the the flaw in the idea of the three four versus four three right is that ultimately where the 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 where the where the rubber meets the road on three four or four three is is the is the techniques used the the gap techniques used and and what makes this is all a very long way of saying what makes quinn different than let's say rod marinelli is that quinn will much more greatly or much more often mix up these techniques And, and you heard it in his uh, in his press conference, right? He talked about, and I think that this is the most descriptive way to to, to talk about Quinn uh, techniques, right? Is he talked about three jets and a plug. And I think that's really the best description, right? Three jets, meaning three one gappers who are, you know, getting up field and who are trying to disrupt, trying to get into that gap and and, and just get through and, and make, make it to the, the backfield and disrupt. And then one guy who is, you know, separating and, and, and is responsible for two gaps. Now, the thing that's interesting about this is that, you know, usually you have your two gapper inside or a one tech, you know, a zero or one technique with Quinn, he will move that two gapper up and down the defensive line. You will see, uh, if you go back to old Seattle tape, you'll see red Brian, who is a, we talked about 320 plus pound defensive end who yep. is two gapping as a defensive end. So, that that's really the key thing to remember here is that I think for most points of the game, Quinn is going to want at least three guys who are three defensive linemen who are attacking one who is playing kind of more of a two gap scheme. And when that, yes, perfect. Thank you so much. And when, and when you get that going, what that allows you to do is do more things because now you've got one guy who's accounting for two gaps that gives you an extra gap that you, that you've got covered in run defense. And that also allows you the opportunity to do some more interesting things with the linebackers. You can blitz them. You can, you know, because they're not having to be responsible for two gaps or at least all three of them aren't being responsible for two gaps. Uh, And then, you know, traditionally as you can see in this graphic here right they have a leo right who's got his hand down on the ground but there's no reason that that guy can't stand up and now, that in, really in, in this def- like defense in this defense again if you're not watching this on youtube or on wfaa i highly recommend you do this who would be the leo would that be randy gregory in this case yeah, probably in, in in these cases, you know, Randy Gregg. I, I mean, you could put Parsons out there too, like that, or Jalen Smith. You know, I think all of these guys can kind of play that sort of of role where they are stand up pass rushers that you can you know, Gregory is the guy that you're going to want to be doing this most of the time, but you could definitely mix this up w- with some of these, you know, forward moving bigger linebackers. Like we talked about with Parsons and Jalen Smith. And I think, I mean, if you can see this image right here, this defensive end, I'm not even sure who it is, but it's sliding up over the right tackle. That's going to be Demarcus Lawrence all day. And he's great yep. at that stuff, you know, head up on a, on a tackle. He's going to be just fine. I think the question is Landon. Okay. A, a lot of people are confused where Micah Parsons is going to line up because we've heard some Sam linebacker. We've heard some will it, it if they're using this, let's say seven man front, I, I don't even really want to call it four, three, three, four, seven man front. Where do you anticipate Micah Parsons lining up? I think he could line up in a couple of these spots. I think he could line up as the will. I think he could line up as the Mike. I think he could line up as the Leo. He could line up as the Sam. He, I, I, you know, he could do, he could line up in any one of these spots. These responsibilities aren't so uh, unique that he can't learn all these spots. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's about where he's lining up and what the actual play call is, what the actual like, you know, scheme is that's being run. Uh, and, 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 and I think, you know, it's, it's kind of like how we talked about, or, or some people talk about, you know, how do you get the value there? I think part of the value is that, you know, Micah Parsons, Parsons can blitz and he can, uh, and he can drop into coverage and the offense play to play basis is, does not know where that, what that player is going to do. So that, you know, that provides some schematic advantage to not, you know, not giving away exactly what Parsons could be doing down to down to the quarterback pre-snap. I've also seen, I think it was in a recent piece by the athletic, a lot of people around the league believe that Micah Parsons is basically the new Bruce Irvin, right? And maybe you say, well, why do you spend the 12th pick on Bruce Irvin? Well, I mean, they spent the 12th pick on Michael Parsons and Bruce Irvin was the 15th pick, but there's just not a lot of guys that can line up in that spot, right? Guys that are that athletic, that can play in space and can rush the passer. If do you envision Parsons having a Bruce Irvin like role in this defense? I think it's certainly possible. I mean, I think it's the thing about it is that he's so athletically gifted. He could do the, the Bruce uh, Irving role. He could do the, 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 Bobby Wagner role, he could go back and forth between those roles. Sure, and, sure. And, and I think that's where, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's incredibly useful because uh, it allows you to uh, uh, take advantage of the other uh, skill sets that you have on this defense. Uh, and, and Parsons can be the guy that makes it all right by, by playing him wherever you need him. All right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Uh, get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online or your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts also want to tell you guys about Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster gnc is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in america to get your free bottle all you have to do is text draft to 231231 that is draft to 231231 all right, Landon, let's continue to get into this depth chart. Um, how do we feel about this defense going into the rest of this offseason? Where are the holes? Where do you think are the strengths to this team? Well, just to kind of give people a key real quick, and, and maybe <laughs> hopefully not to depress people too much, the blue names are the names where I'm sh- I'm certain that they're starters. You know, that I that <laughs> I know guys. that they have. There's, there's basically two guys. I mean, we're not going to count. I think Gregory's a starter, but go ahead. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, Gregory I think that's hater. pretty safe to say there too. But I, I just, you know, just I'm going with the sh- certain things, right? The sure things. Uh, and Jake McQuaid is the sure thing. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think what you see is a, t- a ton of depth. Um, and, and a lot of uh, of guys who uh, you feel pretty good about them getting snaps as opposed to, uh, you know, maybe elite, elite top end guys all over this defense. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, you see uh, that the defensive end position is going to have a lot of work to do during this offseason. And, and there's a lot of different body types. I mean, and to be fair, I, I gone, I went by the, the Cowboys roster on a lot of this. So some of this may not be 
you know, completely accurate to their position. Like Watkins, for instance, he definitely will spend some time inside, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like guys like Golson, uh, you know, he could do some inside out stuff as well. I actually had urban is technically listed as a, uh, uh, a defensive end, but we have him listed as defensive tackle simply because we think there's that's, that's likely yeah. that's likely what's going to happen there. So if you look at this list, I think that the good news for the Cowboys is, especially a defensive end, you, you feel like you've got two guys at the top who, uh, you know, I only marked one of them as a sure starter, but I think we all feel good about the potential of Gregory with a full mm-hmm. off season and to see what that happens. You feel too, you feel good about those two guys, and then you've got uh, you know four guys after that who you know are probably NFL players, right? You've got three guys who have definitely taken lots of snaps in the NFL, whether it be as a starter or as a, as a backup in Basham, Armstrong, and Watkins. And then Golson is a guy who you've drafted with the high floor. You think he's going to be able to come in and give you snaps right away. So looking at the defensive end room, even without including what you might be able to get out of Bradley and I potentially, and some of these other spots, Rondell Carter's a guy that they like. Uh, I think that you feel good that there is depth at the defensive end position. There's competition to, to see exactly what's going to happen behind there. Uh, really quickly. I think, I yeah. think that's the one spot where I would like to see them add a bigger name. Like last year, right? We went into free agents or we went into the season with, Lawrence, Gregory, Alden Smith, Everson Griffin, Armstrong, right? I would like to see them grab somebody. I'm not saying as good as Everson Griffin, but somebody like that because I think Basham and Armstrong are both really good, like fourth defensive ends. I'm not sure they should be third guys, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do, though. You know, because it feels like Basham might have been there their vet signing. We'll see. I mean, I, I know that's not exactly no, someone to make anyone excited. And, and if he's your third defensive end, it's not awful. But like, I think there yeah. are guys out there that would be really good in that third role. Like Melvin Ingram doesn't have a team. I, I could see how he would make a lot of sense. I Justin yeah. Houston is still, still sitting out there in free agency. And he has, I think 20 sacks over the last two years. If you got one of those two guys and now they're the third defensive end and now Basham and Armstrong are competing for the fourth snaps and Golston's maybe not having to play right away. I, then I think your defensive line looks a whole lot better. I just I worry a little bit about the depth. There's a lot of names, but there's not a lot of guys that give you much juice. Yeah, and you know maybe that's what happens is that after some of the you know the other uh, roster shaking out, you know we talked. I don't know if we actually talked about this or not, but uh, you know the, the the cuts the Cowboys did the other day that that kind of seemingly freed up a little bit of money, at least you know with Woods a little bit over two million. Um, you know I, maybe there's more of that. Maybe you know someone like Cedric Wilson is a guy that you know now that Foco is on the team you know, he's a guy that you cut and you save a little bit more money. Maybe with all the savings, they can go out and afford to get a guy like, uh, like Houston or, or Melvin Ingram. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the worst idea. Um, you know, I think that they could also consider maybe getting another defensive tackle, you know, uh, That's uh, the maybe, other spot I was going to mention. Yep. I mean, I think that you, know, you look at where we are with that and Hill and urban Gallimore. I mean, look, the, the biggest unknown for us right now is what a Hill and Gallimore look like this. Year. So right well, now, and how healthy is Tristan? Yeah. Hill, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and, and has he been able to develop, you know, while rehabbing from everything? So uh, that, th- those are, those are kind of the wild cards of the defensive tackle position because the, 
the the gap between where they could be and where they are you know is is pretty wide we really just have zero idea of exactly where they are a Zua, i think obviously is going to be a guy that's going to make the team bohana i think has a good chance just because mm-hmm. he has a, a kind of a different body type than everybody else uh and we'll see what the cowboys have and uh i actually don't know how to say his name fail liu the the yeah, the BYU isn't. Yeah, I, I I wonder too. The Cowboys are still monitoring Gerald McCoy. I mean, I'm I'm not reporting anything. I think no. I do think this is probably a signing that would not happen now. I'm guessing it yeah. happens at the end of training camp if it does happen. Like, there's really no incentive to bringing in Gerald McCoy now. Like, let's see what Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore Moore and Odigizua have, and then if we feel like we're still weak at the position. Okay, Gerald McCoy would be 12, 13 months removed from his injury. Maybe now he comes in and helps us. And maybe Landon, maybe he's somebody that comes in after week one, right? Because then maybe, his salary yeah. isn't guaranteed for the rest of the season. I just wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys add another name there eventually. Yeah, uh, there's not going to be a race for the the remaining vet free agents right now. I think it's no. it's it's you know we're not off to the races to try to get these guys. I think a lot of teams are going to probably get into OTAs at least and see what they have in place, and then they'll have a better feel for what they need uh, or or don't need. And and then I actually think that you'll see you know some more names added to the street at some point, just because that's always what happens with the draft is that teams draft players they think that they can get as good or maybe just slightly worse uh, mm-hmm. uh, production for much cheaper players. And then they let the, the other player go. So there's going to be lots of opportunities for Cowboys to continue to add talent here. Uh, but I think that they, they may be in a holding point, at least until they can see some of these guys up close. All right. Let's talk about linebackers because uh, <laughs> this is a fascinating group. Leighton Van Der Esch, Micah Parsons, Jalen Smith. Uh, you have Keanu Neal listed as a safety. I think he's going to go back and forth. We saw Dan Quinn maybe, at the yeah. press conference say that he's the linebacker how how are these linebacker snaps going to shake out where do we expect these guys to at least start the season yeah i mean i i think it's it's hard to say it's very hard to say and i i I honestly i would not be surprised to find out that it's hard for quinn to say right now you know i think they they clearly have thrown a lot of things at the wall they were clearly uh feeling that they needed to uh improve the linebacker play and you know what to their credit and to the cowboy you know to the front office credit and and in the kind of in the face for a lot of things that get said about the cowboys uh they're not they clearly are not afraid to to correct these mistakes you know what i'm saying like they may they at least identify that they needed more talent here despite they the investments that they they yeah, and they speed. and they recognize that, right? They adding adding Cox and Parsons certainly will add some speed to your uh, linebacker core for sure. So, I think you know the, even the guys that they liked down down the stream that they were going to bring back, like Bernard and, and hmm. Gifford, they, who they like. Neither of those guys are speed guys, you know. So they well, felt like they needed Bernard, that. especially yeah. not Bernard, yeah, especially right? but not Bernard. That's so the reason he fell. So. It's probably going to come down to. I mean, you're just looking at the sheer numbers, right? Between yeah. Van Der Esch, Neal, Parson Smith, Cox. That's five linebackers. Most years you keep six or seven, right? And it's really going to come down between Bernard and Gifford, who's better on special teams. And because I think Gifford has more athleticism. I wouldn't be surprised if that's who makes it and Bernard gets moved. It, it, I just think they're totally shifting the way that they're valuing linebackers now. And in fact, Landon, I wouldn't be shocked if they're 
after the first initial cuts, if they're looking for more speed, if they're not looking for to replace the bottom end of this roster with guys that are cut from other teams that are turning a little bit more athleticism. And I, I don't think, think that's the worst strategy either, right? You should be turning the bottom of your roster every year or so. I agree. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't hate that strategy. And I, like I said, I'm just glad that they identified that they had a problem and they weren't afraid to admit that they made mistakes there and, and are moving on that. So that's a good sign. All right. Let's talk about cornerbacks, but before we do that, Landon, I want to tell you guys about built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar. It's hard to even explain it. I'm not lying. When I, I wake up and I look forward to that coconut brownie <laughs> chunk at lunchtime, oh uh, just absolutely fantastic. Real chocolate, amazing flavors, just a great, combination of low calories high protein and low sugar with no crazy additives best of all they taste absolutely incredible go to billbar.com and use promo code locked on 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next box make sure you go to billbar.com all right landon i want to talk about cornerbacks because it's way less depressing than the safety room um let's <laughs> we've got digs Pencil in as a starter. He's going to play a lot. Uh, Kelvin Joseph, we figure that he's probably going to open as one of their outside cornerbacks opposite of Diggs. We've got Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis for the 18th straight year fighting for snaps in the slot. And then it gets really, really interesting because – I think both you and I agree that CJ Goodwin is a lock to make this roster because of special teams, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So there's five corners, right? Now we've got a, we've got a competition between Maurice Kennedy, uh, Reggie Robinson, who they drafted last year, Nashawn Wright, who is picked number 99, uh, Israel Mokamu, who you actually have listed as a safety. All of these guys potentially fighting for one, maybe two spots. How do you anticipate this shaking out here? All right, so one of and I, and even though I have it listed here, don't I mean don't necessarily hold me to that, right? One of either Makamu, Lewis, or Reggie Robinson will end up at safety. They have to, well, just for one depth of them reasons, right? Absolutely, and I would not be surprised. I, I, I'm keeping him here for now. But now that they've drafted all these cornerbacks, I would not at all be surprised if it's Jordan Lewis. You know, I, I, I think that they 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 had a vision for him when they mm-hmm. re-signed him. It was a little bit confusing when they did. Part of it was, you know, not because – I mean, I don't hate Jordan Lewis. I, no, again, no. I think he should be playing safety. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, the idea is that they may have had a vision here. Look, the other thing, too, is that uh, Joe uh, – Joe Wright, the, the, I'm sorry, give me any the, his name, the defensive backs coach, and, and Dan Quinn, both of them have Joe history. Wood, right, Joe Wood, sorry, yeah, uh, have have history converting these guys, uh, you know, these kind of cor- slot corner guys to safety. I mean, that's what that's what uh, Demonte KZ yeah. was, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I I have to think that some one of these guys has got to end up at safety. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the other two will end up back at cornerback and it's going to be an incredible fight. I mean, there's just only so many spots. You have to keep Goodwin for a special teams reasons. And he's fine as your fifth or sixth corner. He, he's fine. So, yeah, I think that you, you, you have quite a battle Royale going on for, and, you know, I think the thing that, again, that, that helps here is the extended practice, practice squad rosters. Mm. You know, there's I, I, the Cowboys are clearly going to hope to stash, one of these guys, but I, I have to think that it's going to be a uh, an all-out war between Mukamu, Wright, Robinson, you know, potentially Lewis if he stays at corner. I mean, I, I think Lewis if he stays at corner 
they they must they will have to really like the rookies a lot in order to cut Lewis. I imagine. I, I would imagine a, a couple of things I want to throw in there really quickly. Rashard Robinson, who is actually not listed on the depth chart, and the reason yep. why is because he got suspended for the first two games. I would imagine that he's not going to make the team, and that's no. Well, let me let me rephrase that. I don't think he'll make the team after the suspension is over. I do think the Cowboys will keep him on that, that list, you know, until as long as possible because it's just another guy that knows the scheme. Uh, but when the Cowboys do release him, they can save about a million dollars. I think that's a pretty easy decision. Maurice Kennedy, who I actually kind of like a little bit. I, I was excited when they signed him last year. I'm just not sure how he fits now that you brought back Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, right? I got I got to say too. I mean, this is not my thing, but I guarantee you this is their thing. I bet you anything him opting out did not leave him in good uh in good standing with the Cowboys coaches. So, I Probably do wonder not. if no, I do wonder if he is only on this list for name reasons only and he's may not even be in their plans to be honest. And another thing they can cut him uh before the season and save over a million dollars. To me, that seems it, it, as good as he is as a number four corner. That seems like a pretty easy decision for a team that's up against a cap, correct? Yeah, and especially since we got like five guys that we don't mind playing as our fourth corner at this point, right? No, the, the rookies. value for him is playing in the slot. But again, if you have two guys that you feel really good that can do that, and actually three if you count Casey, mm-hmm. there's probably just not spots for him. Now, uh, a couple of things I wanted to mention about the safeties. So. You have Keanu Neal as a safety. I don't know whether he's going to play there or not. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. DeMonte Casey, he tore his Achilles, I believe, after a couple games last year. Would it surprise you at all, Landon, if the, he opens the season up on the PUP and the Cowboys open up a roster spot that way? No. No. I mean, I, I think if if he hasn't quite had the trajectory they want, I mean, they certainly – I mean, even if he has and they can get away with it, they may do that, right? Like, it, I mean, it might just, just make sense, a, sense to do that. Yeah, as a roster mechanism, you know, they do that a lot. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the Cowboys have been known to get tricky like that and and kind of follow the 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 rules to the letter of the law to their advantage. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, and, and not just because there's, I'm sure there's so many injured players last year. You know, that, that they could probably get away with that on, on a couple of different fronts, to be yeah. honest. All right. Uh, last question. Looking at this depth chart right now, where's the biggest hole? Is it at defensive tackle or is it at safety? I think it's hard to say right now. I, I think clearly defensive tackle and safety are, are, your, are your candidates, right? But I think that without knowing you know, this is all hypothetical. Like we don't – we haven't gotten specific answers on who is playing safety and – I mean, we know a little bit more about who's playing defensive tackle, I think. But Well, I think, I think we know the floor at safety, right? I mean, if, yeah. if Donovan Wilson is your strong safety and let's say it's Darian Thompson as your free safety, I don't love that. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Donovan uh, Wilson. It's just they. I, when I look at this I, roster, Landon, they have one guy that can play free safety and he's coming off a torn Achilles. I, I I can't – see, I don't think – I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think Donovan Wilson can play free safety. I, I, I think Darian Thompson – is not going to make the team. I, 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 I don't I, disagree. He should. I, I think, yeah, after last year's performance, and they just have numbers now. Like, so they, they don't necessarily need Darian Thompson because they've signed a couple of guys and, and they have more talent above, even Javon Curse. Like, we, we've forgotten that the Cowboys signed Javon Curse. I'd rather have Javon Curse than, than, than Thompson. So, 
Uh, yeah, J. I Ron Curse. J. Ron. I'm Javon sorry, Kurtz. J. Ron Curse. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I would I take Javon, Javon Curse too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, J. Ron Curse. Yes. Uh, I, I, I like again. I will take Javon Curse if he wants to come back. This <laughs> 27-year-old Javon Curse. Uh, no, I just think that you know, I think Wilson played a lot more free safety than we remember, and and I think he could do that if if they needed to. I think Kazee is obviously the natural choice to be the starter, the the starter at free mm-hmm. safety there. I, again, I'm not ruling out Lewis. I'm not ruling out uh, Mikamu making an impression there. But I do think that K- Kazee or Wilson tend to be the likely choice at free safety there unless they actually have an eye, eye on somebody uh, who's still on the market. I will say if we see that like KZ is at training camp and he's practicing and he looks like the old KZ, I will immediately feel 10 times better about this defense because I yeah. think that's my biggest – spot of worry is just they don't have anybody right now that can play that free safety spot if if he's healthy and playing and now you've got neil and donovan wilson playing the strong safety spot okay i'm 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 really excited about this defense potentially getting back to average but without kz and his kind of status up in the air it it does make me feel a little nervous yeah, you know, it, I guess the thing that does make me feel a little bit better about it, they kicked the tires on guys like Hooker and decided not to, to go get those guys. They have opportunities still to go if if they get a little bit further along and they think KZ's not going to be ready and they're not exactly sure who's playing free safety or or even third safety at, you know, after the week one if, if KZ's out. So there is still uh, opportunity to move. The problem is with both of these positions, defensive tackle and safety, you've got Hill and KZ respectively who are kind of wild cards and they're wild cards at the top of your depth chart. So because you really just don't yep. – yeah, because you just really don't know what the status, uh, status is going to be of either one of these two players – uh, at the beginning of the season. And, and and if they aren't ready to go or they aren't ready to uh, be immediate contributors, the Cowboys may need to make a move on the free agent market or, or kind of figure something out there to, to at least band-aid that situation for the first few weeks of the season. The last thing I want to say is Demarcus Lawrence and Trevon Diggs better not get hurt because if one, <laughs> if one of those two gets banged up for any point in time, this defense is going to be in trouble because they just don't have players of that caliber ready to go to replace them. And it makes you a little bit nervous, but uh, let's, let's hope that the Cowboys defense can stay relatively healthy this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the only other thing I'll mention is that I, the hope that, Randy Gregory with a full off season and his first and, full off uh, season ever. His first full off season ever. Uh, I mean, just what we saw at the end of the year from him was outstanding. Yep. So if if he can continue to grow the way that I know that he can, uh, you know, we may be talking about a, another superstar on that yep. defensive line. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audacity, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, continue to follow the show on YouTube. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your weekend, and we will see you next time.